Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. Well, I'm hoping I have this out for New Year's Eve. I'm pretty sure I will. So I this this will be the last episode of season one for Hell No, a true crime podcast. So I'm pretty um feeling pretty accomplished about that. Last year I put out my very first episode on January 7th. Oh, well, I guess that would technically be this year. Um, so it's almost been exactly one year, well, 51 weeks anyways, uh, and I can't believe I'm still here. It is all thanks to you, the listener. If nobody listened, I would just be recording these for myself. I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing. If if I couldn't see my analytics and see how much support I have out there, I may have ran out of steam and gave up because these cases can be, um, they can be very taxing to research for days on end. They're not particularly light reading there are a lot of bad people in this world and I think it's important to put out these episodes to a not forget victim stories and b educate people on the evils of the world so it, it's so easy to say oh that that won't that never happens or oh that won't happen to me well I'm here to say the unthinkable happens all the time and it's just better to be cautious you know the more you know am I right this episode I wanted to do something different for the new year. I wanted to do something that is kind of an ode to good humanity. I want to end this year off on a good note. And I felt this week's case is a great way to end the year. And also, it has glitter involved, which is very New Year's theme-esque. The research I did for this episode, it was fascinating I really did enjoy researching this a lot and I know everyone listening can relate to what I'm going to talk about this is very relatable across the board everybody has had an experience with one or both of these things so first have you ever had a package stolen from your porch I have whoever took my Halloween costume I ordered online four years ago that I never got to wear because the package was stolen upon delivery well I still curse you. I am not happy about that. This same thing happened about five years ago to a man in America named Mark Rober. Some of you probably know this name as his YouTube channel. It is super popular. You see, Mark, he never got to enjoy his $5 Amazon purchase because a porch pirate nicked his package after delivery. They stole it. They took it right off his damn porch. Mark, he caught the entire thing on his security camera, but police, they wouldn't do anything about it. It was a waste of their time. They didn't want anything to do with this. Like, this is stupid. Why are you bringing me this evidence? We don't want anything to do with this. But Mark, he wasn't going to let this go. He became obsessed with this. And another thing about Mark is that um, he's an engineer who worked for NASA. (laughs) Ever, Ever heard of it? Specifically, he worked on the Mars rover project uh, and that rover, it's on Mars roving around. So that's pretty fucking cool. Mark, he's a genius. He is a damn genius with a heart of gold and a sense of humor to match. Before I get into this story, I just want to say there is more than package thieves getting all messy and stinky. This gets crazy. And I'm going to tell you about how Mark's vendetta against porch pirates ended up with him exposing four of India's biggest scamming call centers, even having the centers shut down and leaving them scared. That's right. Have you ever received a call and when you answer it, it's an automated message or even a real person saying, this is Amazon or Microsoft? I think a lot I've gotten the calls where it's like, this is Amazon and you have been, your Amazon account has been overcharged $300. Call this number if you did not make this purchase or I don't know, something like that. I'm sure you know it. Um, and they'll say they're Amazon or Microsoft or whoever uh, and that you need to call them back because X amount of dollars was charged to your account. And you would know, well, I haven't bought anything from Microsoft or I haven't bought anything on my Amazon account. What, what is this charge? You know, it freaks you out. They want you to call this number. So most of us, we know it's a scam, but not everyone does. And these scammers steal literal millions and millions of dollars each year from American citizens, mostly 
the elderly and sometimes get away with payments for up to $40,000 per person. They are cleaning people out of their life savings. These scammers, they are taking advantage of elders and clearing out their life savings. And these stories are very sad. But just know that there is a team of good people out there fighting these villains. First, I want to talk about how this all started. So like I said, Mark ordered a package from Amazon, nothing expensive or flashy, but it meant something to him and he clearly wanted it. So when he got a notification, it was delivered, but never saw a package. He checked his cameras and saw someone taking it off his porch. He started thinking and his genius brain came up with a hilarious plan. He engineered a package that he then disguised as a desirable item, but what was inside absolutely was not desirable. He thought, well, my package was stolen and thousands of other people's packages are stolen, so it won't be hard to bait these thieves. And he was right. It took him, I think, half a year to design this package. (laughs) And when it was ready, he left it on his front porch and he waited. He waited for a porch pirate to sniff out their porch pirate gold and it happened. So this is how it, this is how it works. As soon as that package is picked up off the porch, it detects it's moving by a GPS inside of it. This kicks on the sleeping cell phones inside the box for to be exact to ensure every angle is filmed. So, you know, four sides to a box, four phones in there, every angle. And um, these phones will start recording as well. It also notifies Mark's cell phone that the box is moving, that it's been lifted. The phones inside the box are uploading the video and audio to the cloud. So even if the package isn't found by Mark using the GPS tracker, and you know, if the phones are stolen, he has the footage and the footage is the best part because it films the package thieves reaction to the fart spray. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He booby trapped in fart spray. And this fart spray will go off in intervals of five sprays in a row every 30 seconds hooked up to a motor. And he did that not to just get their car or house all stinky, but also to encourage them to throw the package away, to toss the package out of the nearest window. So hopefully he could go find it later. Um, Also built into the package is a twirling device that spits out glitter like a tornado. And he uses very, very, very fine glitter, like a lot of litter. a lot of litter, like a lot of glitter. And anyone who festivals or does arts and crafts, you know how annoying that shit is to clean. And it takes months to get rid of it all, if you even do get rid of it all. So this is what happens when the thief opens the stolen box. The box is opened. It's already recording. The lifted lid signals the glitter to tornado out. And then as the thief is wondering why they are covered in glitter, the fart spray goes off. And now they are really confused and know they've been had. (laughs) Then a voice recording from Home Alone plays and it says, keep the change, you filthy animal. (laughs) You have to watch these videos. Um... Mark, he expresses his love for the movie Home Alone and even the the fake shipping label is written in in that movie's honor. I'm I guess he can relate to Kevin McAllister's mischievous nature. Uh kind of shows in this design. So I just that was an element of the what would you call the inspiration of this box that it we just added a whole new hilarious level in It is so funny and Mark posted these videos that the cell phones captured to his YouTube channel which I will link and I encourage you to go watch these. You will just laugh. It's like a harm. Nobody gets hurt Um, and you know even the even the people who steal the packages they laugh about this. Nobody's getting hurt. That's you know he's he's very conscious of this. He doesn't want to hurt anybody but he just wants to like pull little pranks. So most people they did toss the package once the farts. Oh, okay. Once the farts kept shooting. <laughs> That's such a funny sentence. Once the farts, oh, okay, I can barely see. I have to wipe my eyes. Once the farts kept shooting out at them. Okay, I got it out. 
And in every video Mark showed on his channel for Glitter Bomb 1.0, which is the first one, um, the devices went off and worked perfectly every time. But the following year, he designs Glitter Bomb 2.0. In his YouTube video for Glitter Bomb 2.0, a familiar face appears. That face is none other than Macaulay Culkin himself. That's right, the real life, all grown up, Kevin McAllister. Mark's inspiration for the prank. Go watch Mark's channel. You won't regret it. You get to see Macaulay Culkin. He looks good. He looks so good. I wish I saw him in more stuff. Last thing I think I saw him in was an American Horror Story, which he did a really good job in. I don't know. I just have a soft spot for Macaulay Culkin. I just, I love him. So Glitter Bomb 2.0, it gets a bit better but it's no glitter bomb 5.0 but hey we got a ways to go before i talk about 5.0 there's a lot gonna happen in between 2.0 and 5.0 glitter bomb 2.0 was set as bait all over america not just in his neighborhood and they made more of them they made 10 of these basically it was the same design but the phones were harder to get to and encased in a box which still allowed full camera recording and the glitter bomb had <laughs> more and the glitter bomb had more fart spray and worse smelling fart spray this fart spray was described as smelling like liquid poop <laughs> this is gonna be such a hard episode to record because it's just so funny with the fart spray mark also switched to biodegradable glitter so he must have got maybe i don't know if he got some hate on his channel from people being like oh glitter's so bad because remember that whole like microplastics things came out and people really started to hate on glitter and then biodegradable 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 glitter i don't know what's going on with me today it's the fart spray it's got me giggles got me giggling so Mark, Mark also switched to biodegradable glitter this year and he added in Kevin McAllister saying hello as soon as the box was opened but before the glitter and also a countdown recording to start playing once the glitter was deployed followed by a recorded police chatter sound so it sounded like the police were tracking the package. So they open this package, they think they're getting... I think he cased it in like a headphones case, but he called it like buzzes, buds or something as a, you know, because Kevin McAllister's brother, Buzz. Anyways, go check out the channel. It has the packaging on there. It is just so funny. He really put a lot of work into everything involving these packages, even the small write-up on the side, even the shipping label. <laughs> so, um, so the thieves, they open the box, they hear hello, and then glitter and fart spray just start shooting out at them. And then the box will start to count down from, I don't know if it was from five or 10. So it'd be like 10, nine, eight. So they think this box is going to explode or something. They freak out. They run the box outside and then it will say like tracking initiated. And there's the police chatter that's, yeah, says we're tracking the package, but it's all like, you know what I mean? Police chatter. So 2.0, it wasn't perfect. Um, as Mark and his, his glitter bomb team, they had some kinks in the design to work out, but some people, they got got with farts and glitter that happened. And it's hilarious. He did capture footage of the faces that stole the boxes and their intensely confused reactions. Uh, most porch pirates got a good laugh about getting pranked, which is nice. You know, they at least have a sense of humor. That's, that's a redeeming quality. The glitter bombs, they were also placed out in the open, like by postal boxes with uh, like a real return address and phone number on it. And if whoever found it, like the person who found it returned it to Mark or called Mark and was like, hey, we have your package here. It was sitting out. We didn't want anyone to take it. So I have it. I want to return this to you. He would go get the package or when they returned it to him, he would give them $400 as a reward for being cool. <laughs> So this is quite a journey Mark's on here. Let's talk about 3.0 now though. So let's keep moving along with this. The following year, Mark and his Glitter Bomb team put more design changes in. They have been learning from 1.0 and 2.0. 
3.0 has rods that come out once the box lid has been lifted, meaning the top of the box cannot go back on and the porch pirate is stuck having to allow themselves being recorded and the fart spray and the glitter to shoot out all around their home or car because they saw that in 2.0, people were taking it off, they would hear the hello, fart spray, glitter, everything would go crazy, they would put the lid back on. So, you know, they could st- they had holes in the side of the boxes, so you could see some of it still recorded still, but he had a solution for this year, the lid cannot go back on. Also, 3.0's handle is booby-trapped with extremely sticky glue in hopes the package will be stuck to whoever lifts it um so they steal this package they're running away with it and then they realize oh shit my hand is stuck to this boom caught glued handed in addition to the previous years they added in four cans of fart spray mixed with skunk spray real life skunk oil like concentrated skunk stink oil that's what they mixed in with this so this was gonna hang around for a while this was not gonna you're not gonna open up a window and get rid of this this is you're probably gonna have to burn your blankets burn your couch <laughs> so and he also put on lights so and the lights were for so they could see who's opening the box in case it's dark when when it's opened and also this year they can trigger certain pre-recorded messages to play on command through the package to the porch pirate The charging method got more evolved as well. The previous years, the box would have to be brought inside to charge it up because the batteries, they only last so long. But version 3.0 charged on a custom-made doormat um, where where it sat on the porch. It's already sitting there. So they just incorporated this charging pad, but it looked very much like a doormat. You would have no idea. And the batteries, they stayed fully charged until the package was stolen. So that allows them a lot of time for recording for this person to get this stolen package wherever they're going and then to open it all that stuff so they're really working out a lot of design flaws mark he seems to always release his new glitter bomb designs around christmas every year and i'm not sure if that's when most packages get stolen i mean that would make sense or because it's inspired by home alone which everyone knows is all-time classic favorite Christmas movie of so many people but in all recorded footage this is what I found most funny about all these packages being taken at Christmas time and all the recorded footage of the thieves opening up the package in their homes you can see Christmas trees in the background and Christmas decorations and it's it's quite festive 3.0 3.0 worked better than 2.0 because people, they couldn't get the lid back on. So there was the, there was more footage and the footage was better. The glitter bombs didn't just go on doorsteps that, that year though. They put them in locked cars in San Francisco. And I didn't know that window smashing and like stealing out of cars in San Francisco was so bad. But apparently they, uh, cars in San Francisco get their windows smashed and robbed a lot. So they put the package in plain sight like on the car's front seat or back seat, lock the car up and then set cameras up around the car, like in the car and across the the street. And within an hour, one of the windows got smashed of these cars and the package got taken. And it seems like people doing this kind of stuff are really organized because they roll up beside the car, jump out, scope the car, smash the window with a special glove that has a small metal rod sewn into it grab the goods and take off all within about five seconds. Five seconds to do all of this. It's just crazy how quick they are. And it's daylight. They're doing this in daylight. Uh, And because these packages have GPS tracking, they track them driving all over the city. And the package containing the glitter bomb also has a live recording of what's happening in that car, like audio and video sent to Mark so he can hear... He can hear them casing out more cars. He can hear what they're doing in this vehicle. What started as a prank involving a few glitter bombs on a porch is now fully evolving into researching professional thieves. Mark's team even followed one of the packages and because they could hear what the thieves were saying, they stopped following that car because the thieves, they knew they were being followed. They were talking about how they were being followed. They could 
Mark could obviously hear them because he has access to the audio from inside that vehicle through the stolen package and they were talking amongst each other and the one guy casually said to his friend that he has a gun in the car and that he thinks they are being followed so this is getting fucking dangerous (laughs) for Mark and his team and they never retrieved that package it something weird happened to that package it ended up going totally blank with like gunshots so I don't know what happened to that package it was never retrieved this same year the scamming call centers caught mark's attention he would be working hard on his glitter bomb project minding his own business but he kept getting bombarded with scam calls saying this is amazon and a charge of x amount of dollars has been you know taken out of your account or added whatever Um, whatever tactic they were using. And he was getting annoyed and thought, oh man, I wish I could send them a glitter bomb because they deserve it. I want to get them all glittery and stinky for bothering me with these fucking spam calls because it's just one after the other after the other. It's crazy. I block them. Every number I get from these guys, I block, 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 block. So this one little thought sparked something Mark had no idea would go so far. There's a few YouTubers who expose scammers, and Mark happens to know a guy who does this named Jim Browning. The two get in touch, and they start talking, and Jim says he knows a woman who's being scammed right now. He knows this because Jim hacks the scammers and can see who is falling victim to them. Jim gets in touch with the woman and asks her if she has sent anyone a package with cash in it. And she says, yes, she did because she was in the process of getting a $300 refund from Amazon. When the refund amount went into her bank account, it was accidentally, I'm putting accidentally in air quotes, $13,000. And the scammer told her it was her fault. And she owed them over $12,000 now, or they would lose their job and be forced to take legal action. The scammer will then go on and say they can't do a reversal. It has to be paid in cash and sent via UPX or FedEx to a billing manager or someone like this. The scammer at this point has, and has had, full access to her computer remotely. They are in her computer at this point. And they make it look like her bank account is plus $13,000, when in fact it's not. It's not, you guys. If this happens to you, you do not have this money. You don't owe anybody anything. Use your phone, something that's not connected, that's not a computer, And check your banking because this is the scam. They get into your computer. I'm going to talk more about this later, about how exactly they do this. But just know that it might look like you have X amount of dollars, thousands of thousands of dollars that have been accidentally returned to your account. You have not. That money is not in there. So she thought she was giving this money back that wasn't hers, that was Amazon's and she didn't want to get in trouble for this. But actually she was pulling out over $12,000 of her own money, money that was already in her account, money that she had earned herself. And she was putting it in a box and sending it to someone somewhere in America. But the question is, if those call centers are in India, then how are they eventually getting the money from these scams if the packages are sent to someone in America. So what's happening here? There's a lot to figure out. This is a pretty good, like, I don't want to say good, but it's a pretty thought out scam. And it's, it is pretty confusing. The answer to the question that I just asked, how are they getting this money? Why, why is it, this money being sent to America? And how is it getting to India? The answer is money mules. Money mules, they're not a donkey. It's a, it's a person. It, uh, it, was, it was these mules that Mark and Jim Browning were going to send glitter bombs to. So this was their, their first thought. The mule would think they were opening up a box of cash. They would actually get glittered and farted on. Started <laughs> oh, on. Also, their identity would be recorded and their location tracked. Then police could track down these scammers. Mark went from busting small-time porch pirates that were even sometimes kids. It was like even sometimes kids taking these packages off people's porches. So, you know, like low, low, low-level criminals, if you could even call them that. But I guess actually stealing mail is a federal offense. So I don't know. So anyways, now he's gone to exposing a billion-dollar international crime ring. That escalated 
quickly. I'm going to talk more in depth on on how the scammers gain access to the victim's computer and bank statements and personal information. I'm going to talk about that later on. Um, And please share that information with your family and friends so they never fall victim to these scams. Mark and Jim, they come up with a plan. They eventually intercept the woman's money by tracking it down and stopping the FedEx truck that the package is on. And they tell the delivery driver not to deliver that package as it's part of a scam and the sender needs it back. Actually, that day, they save another person's money as well by complete accident. And because there was two packages on board that FedEx truck going to that money mule's address so they get that pack package sent back too so two people that day were saved from losing thousands and thousands of dollars both packages combined i believe was thirty thousand dollars maybe more in cash unfortunately the money mule rented an airbnb to receive the money packages and when it didn't come that day the mule left and the glitter bomb was opened (laughs) by the poor unsuspecting innocent airbnb host but now mark and jim they were onto something big they now knew what was happening how these scammers were kind of moving this money how they were laundering this money getting this money obtaining this money and being able to move around and do it they're not using the same address they're using rentals they're using airbnbs they're using places where nobody lives So this made them realize that if they can track the mules, they can track down who has hired them and what they do with the money, meaning they were one step closer to exposing the call center scammers and, of course, sending them a glitter bomb all the way to India, which, spoiler alert, they send a team of guys to India to make that happen. This story, it's unbelievable, and so many scam stopper people end up getting involved like pierogi from the youtube channel scammer payback and also journalist art and ashton from trilogy media who by the way one is a retired russian basketball player and the other one a magician they're 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 cool they're really cool they're doing really good work there are some seriously cool people dedicating their lives to stopping these scammers check out all their youtube channels i guarantee you will watch their videos on this all day long remember how i said mark and jim saved two people that day from being scammed well the other woman being scammed was a sweet old lady named phyllis and when mark followed up with phyllis's family to make sure she got her cash back he discovered that same week she was scammed her husband that she had been married to for 40 years had died. These heartless scammers were stealing Phyllis's life savings the same week she buries the love of her life. And these scammers, they don't care at all. They know this. She tells them on the phone, oh, my husband's just died. And they are like, oh, we're so sorry, ma'am. Phyllis had actually been a victim of three of these scams that week just heartbreaking when mark learned all this he wanted more than ever to get revenge on these scammers he was thirsty to get them their very own glitter bomb and more importantly to get their faces on camera but he had to start with the mules and eventually he gets one but this makes them realize they want the mules boss aka a supervisor so they're learning how this company's working they're learning the hierarchy and basically it goes call center supervisor mules call centers in india supervisor and mules are in america the supervisor of the mules is the one who launders the stolen money to the scammers in india or for them i should say but the money gets back to them which in turn keeps the scam factory in business this is paying the scammers wages this is paying their building rentals this is paying for their computers their headsets this is paying for everything and they make a lot of money so by this point mark and jim they have brought in pierogi to help get these drop-off addresses because pierogi he poses as a victim when the scammers call him and he is really good at doing this he is like he could work for the fbi He will use a voice modifier to make his voice sound like an elderly person. My favorite is his character, Vivian Rogers. (laughs) 
<laughs> he has a computer with his character's info and interests on it. So like the screenshot or like not the screenshot, but the backdrop of the computer will be like uh, recipes or a cake or like something something like this and all the web tabs will be like different recipes and and stuff like this so he's it's very elaborate what he's doing here and it's all fake same with the fake bank account that looks real and he's very tech savvy so he knows exactly what they are doing and even how to reverse the hack and gain access to the scammers computers all remotely so he's in america they're in india and they're both gaining access to each other's computers. The scammer thinks they're scamming a woman named Vivian Rogers, but really it's this dude whose alias is Pierogi, and he's actually sneaking in around them and then getting into their computer and hacking them, and they don't know it. And then when he's in there, he will sometimes delete all of the files on the scammer's computers with victim's information in it. So really amazing work he's doing. He even wears a hat. Uh, like a hat that says delete their files. <laughs> but before he deletes files and wreaks havoc on their operation, he plays along sometimes for over four hours. And eventually the scammers will give him an address to send the cash to. And then he gives that information to Mark and Jim. So they know that there will be a mule at this address on this day waiting for this scam package. Once the mule has the package that is actually a glitter bomb, they follow the mule to the handoff which gets handed over to a supervisor and then they follow the supervisor and they wait for the package to be opened then they now have a clear view of the supervisor's face so they're getting a bit higher up on this ladder and also their vehicle the the supervisor's vehicle registration which is linked to their name their address Plus, they have the evidence the supervisor was in on the scam because they would have thought, the supervisor would have thought it was a package full of stolen cash handed to them by a mule. You see, it's just, we're, we're just going up the chain of command here. So with all this evidence, they hand all they know to police. They're like, police, you should look at this. They then redo this entire process, but to a mule and supervisor in Texas. And this footage is gold star the supervisor opens the package in an airbnb extremely clear footage of her doing so she is then covered in glitter and farts so she's stinky she leaves gets in her car and drives away but police arrest her not long after she leaves this airbnb and she is seen on camera brushing the glitter off her clothes while talking to police which <laughs> she is covered in this glitter and she's trying to like she can't even do it discreetly she's just openly brushing this glitter off her own place like why do you have so much glitter on you and she's like um i don't know <laughs> so police go back to the airbnb and it smells like farts and there's glitter everywhere it's just a clear sign this package was open there this supervisor admitted she was going to turn that cash into bitcoin and send it to the scammers at the call center so she uh admitted that now things are really starting to heat up but first we got to talk about glitter bomb 4.0 four years since 1.0 mark creates 4.0 and this one has a lid that shoots off so it knows when the box is about to be opened and these little boxing gloves pop up and they shoot this lid clean off like two meters in the air then a car horn starts blaring once the lid is shot off then there's a glitter tornado that just doesn't stop. He's altered the device that throws the glitter out everywhere and he's made it so it's uh, even more tornado-y. <laughs> yes. And of course he adds in more fart spray and more lights. And these lights flash red and blue while the recording of the police chatter plays just to give that ambiance of breaking the law. So Mark, he, he's, he's really fleshed out the details and 4.0 is it's by far the best so far. It's come a long way since 1.0. Of course he plants 4.0 on doorsteps. You know, he's still got to get those porch pirates, the, the original targets. And like 3.0, 4.0 also has the charging mat, but also at nighttime, it gets hidden by this really cool planter box that has a slide up trap door to cover the package because they only want these packages stolen in the daytime. So the pirate can be you know, recorded in optimal light, catch them from their good side. 
it's Glitter Bomb 4.0, along with multiple other booby traps designed by Mark that make their way to the headquarters of the scammers in India. The beehive of scammers, if you will. On Mark's YouTube channel, he only shows one out of four of the call centers getting hacked and pranked. And that's because after they did the first one, the paranoia in the center went through the roof. Like, people were fucking paranoid and there were even death threats against Mark and his team. Uh, But it turns out that all of the centers communicate with each other. Um, and just hitting that first one that they did, just getting one of them was enough to scare the rest into shutting down for a couple of days. But how did they find these scammers headquarters in India? Somebody calls you on the phone. How can you in in turn find out exactly where they are, even if they're in another country? Well, they actually did more than that. They actually even identified the head of this snake, so to speak, and publicly put out his and hers pictures and names, which is on his channel. He's exposing the the head of these operations. From what I could understand, I believe it was Jim Browning who located not only the country and city of these call centers, but also the building and the floor of that building these scammers were operating on and even hacked into their CCTV footage on that floor of the building and also learned the scammers' real names. Then he would call and use their real name on the phone, freaking them out. <laughs> he also posted a video of this on his channel and it is hilarious. You, he posts the CCTV footage and he posts the audio so you can actually watch what's happening when he calls this call center and uses their real name. Once Mark and Jim and Pierogi had all of this information, they added another two members to their dream team, Art and Ashton from Trilogy Media. And those two, they actually go to India to see the pranks and glitter bombs get to the call center. This gets wild because they actually find and work with reformed scammers who want to stop these companies that they once worked for in India and actually they plant moles inside the call centers as as well as infiltrate the phone scammers whatsapp group and that group has over 57,000 members and that means that those are all scammer workers these are all call scammer workers in this whatsapp group and using some very technical skills Art and Ashton, they download the real names and personal information of every single scammer that is in that WhatsApp group. And they hand all that over to the FBI and other law enforcement agencies. So literally anybody connected to these call centers in India that is in this group, the FBI knows about them. Some of these call centers have been in business for 12 years scamming people. This is huge business, making $18 million a year, roughly 60 grand a month. And they know this because they hacked into the boss's computer at the call center. This is just one center's revenue. This is just one center's revenue, $60,000 a month. And there are multiple centers like this running all over India. India is actually known as the call center scammer place of the world like they have the majority of them in India this was a dangerous prank slash investigation one of the undercover scammers was seen taking video on his phone in the call center and a security team who works for one of these call centers was sent to his home to get back any video or evidence they thought he had but luckily he was able to escape and they sent him a message that was like oh no need to be scared we just want all of the evidence you have basically we know what you're doing and if someone says in a message no need to be scared i reckon there is a lot of need to be scared (laughs) mark and his team they were ready. They knew exactly where the scammers were working. They had guys on the inside to smuggle in the pranks. They could even watch them through hacking into the call center CCTV cameras. What pranks were they about to unleash? Well, they had boxes filled with rats, 
and cockroaches that were engineered to push out all the critters inside the box on a timer and they hid it in a like a lunch bag like a backpack they had a stink bomb that looked like a water bottle and smelled really really bad the stink was a goo hidden inside the lid of the water bottle so it would have been really hard to pinpoint to like track down where the stink was coming from they put blue dye in the hand soap in the bathrooms they had a vapor bomb on a timer that released a harmless vapor but looks terrifying it's the same vapor like kind of like from a vape pen and my favorite my favorite prank they did here was a fake box of viagra they placed in the bathroom with the boss's name on it (laughs) oh and of course let's not forget the main reason they went there the glitter fart bomb all of these things were successfully smuggled in and set up inside by the moles working for the glitter bomb team unfortunately Art and Ashton, they had to keep a low profile and couldn't leave their hotel room by this point because someone in the scammers WhatsApp group saw them in a market and reported it to the group. And they're really known for like busting scam scammers. They're this is like their whole deal. So people knew them in India. And they were talking in the WhatsApp group and they had wrote in that group We saw Art and Ashton here. If anyone sees them, shoot them. Yeah, shoot them. So that's that's terrifying. That's terrifying news. But the good news is Art and Ashton, they had access to this group. They had, you know, infiltrated this group. And they knew that their cover was blown. But, you know, but it didn't really affect the plan too much. They decided to go ahead with it but just not leave their hotel room because they had um, undercover scammers inside. So I can't, this is getting dangerous. I can't believe how dangerous this is getting. And this is all on YouTube. All the footage, all the pranks, almost everything. Mark's team is even having requests for all their evidence from five different government agencies. That's how good of a job they did infiltrating these call centers and gathering information. The traps are set. And now with access to the CCTV cameras, they could watch everything from the safety of their hotel room. The first thing to happen is the stinky water bottle (laughs) which by looking at the the cctv footage it was really smelly people in the call center were covering their noses didn't know where it was coming from they were kind of like looking at the person sitting beside them like oh my god you just farted and it stinks (laughs) they had no idea then the blue dye in the hand soap and was getting on people people were going to the bathroom washing their hands coming out with blue hands (laughs) And then the workers found the box of Viagra, which they all giggled about. Uh, But now it was time to set off the remaining traps, which were on a timer. Soon after the triggers were set on the cockroaches, rats, and vapor bombs, the undercover scammer fled the scene to safety. And yes, he made it out unnoticed, uh, leaving this chaos behind him the entire office was disrupted by the planted pests there's roaches and rats screwing around people jumping away from them and and most importantly not on the phones not on the phones making those scam calls so this is a good disruption once they realized what was happening and got everything in order that's when the glitter bomb was delivered but the workers they had it inside but of course They were suspicious because all this terrible stuff was just happening all around them and it smells like farts. So they were like, "Mm, this could be a glitter bomb. They watch YouTube. These scammers watch YouTube. They know exactly what's going on. So they bring it outside to open it. You can watch this unboxing on Mark's channel because it clearly films the scammer's reaction on the cameras inside the box, like very clearly. This box had a pre-recorded message on it. And once activated, uh, the recording was Macaulay Culkin saying, that said, you guys give up or you're thirsty for more. And it is just so funny. <laughs> yeah, you should watch that. Now the call centers know they had spies inside working for Mark's team. And they started searching workers' belongings and just being really suspicious of everyone. But it was too late for that as the deed had been done. The farts had been dealted and the evidence collected. 
not just the four call centers shut down for a few days, but all the scamming call centers across India shut down until they felt like they had a grip on the attacks, which means all those days they were closed means nobody was getting scammed. And Mark estimates $2 million was not scammed as a result of this. You're probably thinking, why the hell are they not shut down by police in India? And that's a good question. I have my theory that is, I feel like it's a really obvious one, and I'm sure you're already thinking it as well, so I just won't say it. The majority of the Indian population do not like these scams being conducted in their country. They don't support this industry. It brings shame and it often and oftentimes the the scammer, the people working for these companies in India, they lie to their family about how they are making money and what they do for work. But the thing is the the wages are just so high it's easy for people to get sucked in the scammer who initially get the victim on the phone and hooks them makes seven thousand a month and the closer the scammer who gets the victim to send the money makes fifteen thousand a month it's it's just too good of pay to refuse the job in the scammer's eyes from what i understand here is how the scam works but no you should know this the scam it's always evolving. So first, just always be suspicious of anyone calling and claiming you won something or that you have been overcharged on something or you owe money. They will use company names and accounts like your Apple account, Microsoft, UPS, FedEx, Geek Squad, McAfee, Norton Antivirus, Amazon, the police, even the taxation office, and say you owe taxes from previous years. And when they call you pretending to be the police, they'll say something like, we found your car um, in this location and there was blood in it and you're wanted by the police and you have to pay this amount of money. You don't. You're fuck just... Yeah, no, I don't know how they think they can get away with this. What if someone doesn't have a car? What if you, maybe they, I don't know. Just an example of what they could say. They purposefully target people over the age of 65. And they don't care if you've just experienced a loss or if you're battling cancer. In fact, they will use that against the victim and play on their sorrow, talking nice to them, giving them sympathy, pretending to be their friend. It's just wild. And once they have the victim believing what they want, they then say they will uh, reverse the charge, uh, but they need access to the computer the victim is on. And so they get the victim to go onto a website, enter in a code and, and download Team Viewer or another program, which means they are now in the victim's computer and can control everything remotely and see everything on the victim's computer screen. Once they have full access, they get the victim to log into their bank account, meaning the scammer saw the um, account number and password login and is in, in the victim's bank account, but will often say they can't see the bank details. Then the scammer will say they are sending through a form to, to fill out for a return charge. And they have the victim type in the return amount and they will tell them, oh, don't make a mistake. Nothing can be undone when really it's just like a notepad on a screen. It's not a form where nothing can be undone at all. So to make this easy to understand, because I feel like I'm not explaining this to the best of my ability, I will give an example of what this may look like. So the initial call will be, this is Amazon and you have a $250 charge on your account. Call this number if you didn't make this purchase. If this isn't your charge, you call the number. The scammer will say, oh, we here at Amazon charged your account by accident, um, The charged your account by accident $250, so just type in on this form that amount for the refund, and as the victim types in $250, the scammer then adds on two extra zeros, because remember, they're in the victim's computer at this point, making it say $25,000. And then the scammer will hit enter really quick and then makes a big deal that the victim did the form wrong and that they accidentally must have hidden two extra zeros and that $25,000 has been re returned 
into the victim's bank account instead of the $250 and the scammer will start saying, oh, but I'm going to lose my job. My family will starve. And if not returned, then the police will come and arrest you because you've stolen this money from Amazon. And they really, before they do all this, they really try to sweet talk the victim. Like they try to be like, oh, you're just, you sound just like my grandma. They say that a lot. You're just like my grandma. I was best friends with my grandma. So they want the victim to fall for them basically they want them to like build this relationship so that eventually when they're like oh I'm gonna lose my job over this mistake my family's gonna starve they'll die you know whatever they want the victim to be like no 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 I don't want you to get fired I'll send you this money back please just tell me how I can do this the scammer will tell the victim to log into their bank and see if they have just received $25,000 from an Amazon return. And when the victim logs back into their bank account, the screen will go black. And this is when the scammer is changing an existing charge to look like a refund of $25,000 from Amazon. And they alter the bank account total as well, like the bank statement. So the victim thinks they've just received $25,000 by mistake when not at all. This has not happened at all. The scammer makes the victim confused and frantic until the victim will do anything to return the money. And then the scammer will sometimes say the money has to be returned in form of Target gift cards or some type of google play gift card or whatever gift card but if the amount is very large like say twenty five thousand dollars they will instruct the victim to go to the bank pull it out in cash wrap it in tin foil put it in a box and send it to an american address using fedex or ups which we know is being picked up by a money mule then given to a supervisor then turned into bitcoin and sent to the scammer in india because you can't just send a box full of cash in the mail to india that is illegal for so many reasons you cannot do that and also the a lot of people ask, well, they have access to your bank account and they have all your banking information. Why don't they just steal the money when they're in there? Um, and they can't do that because the bank will notice that it's fraudulent. And yeah, so they, I think they've run into problems doing that before. Your bank will stop it before the payment goes out of the account. And also they do have all your information and they do sell it. They will sell it to it can end up on the dark web it could end up anywhere people can buy all of your banking information your name your address everything so this could be used for identity fraud this could be later used for more scams it's just so fucking evil if you want to see one of these scams in progress to learn exactly what they look like, exactly the process they put the victims through, then check out Pierogi's YouTube channel called Scammer Payback, where he baits these scammers to find out where the money is being sent to. Not only that, but when the scammer thinks Pierogi is an elderly person and they think they have access to the victim's computer he actually gains access to the scammer's computer and deletes all their files containing private banking and other information of all the victims who have been previously scammed the videos he makes it just shows you how heartless these scammers are they think that he's an elderly lady who can barely see and walk and the scammer will in instruct him, well, the scammer actually thinks it's an elderly lady, but it's Pierogi, to get out his walker and drive to the bank to take out her life savings and send it away in a box. Then after occupying about four hours of the scammer's time, he will reveal his real voice and they will realize their files are deleted if he's not after that money mules address um so he has a few different things that he does um and it's really something to watch if you want to fully understand how these scams work pierogi jim browning art and ashton and uh, mark rober they make these videos so firstly people know what to look for and to tell their family members what to be aware of because it's almost impossible to stop these scammers from setting up shop but if everyone knows the scam then they won't have anyone to scam and the entire thing will dry up and go away hopefully 
As a result of Mark's call center glitter bomb prank, one of the call centers was raided by police and shut down. But for reasons he won't give, he said the other three they had been watching and gathering evidence on cannot be shut down by police. So I'm not sure what's happening there, but again, I think we can guess. I'm not directly saying anything. What I'm about to say is it's completely unrelated. But I'm getting 1970s King Cross Sydney vibes. And if you listen to that episode I did on that, then you know exactly what I mean by that. But wait, there's more. After Glitter Bomb 4.0, Mark Rober, he released the final Glitter Bomb upgrade called 5.0 and he released it this year. Actually, the video was released about a week ago on YouTube. This is actually what caught my attention to this again. Originally, I saw Mark on YouTube years ago when he made Glitter Bomb 1.0 and I thought, oh, this is funny. Then years went by and I didn't, I didn't look at his channel or even really think he would be doing what he's doing or upgrading the glitter bomb every year for five years but then I saw glitter bomb 5.0 pop up in my feed and I thought oh shit this guy is still making these glitter bombs and that just led me down this entire rabbit hole of the scammers and all you know all of this stuff and since there is glitter and crime involved I just had to cover this for my New Year's Eve special. I originally had another case planned to talk about this week, which I will be covering possibly next week or the week after. I've got a few different cases lined up. But this one, I just, I had to do this for New Year's. It's got glitter. It's got revenge. It's got crime. It's got good, good people doing good for humanity and stopping these scammers. It's just a... It's sad, yes, that people are getting scammed, but it's also so good to know that there are people spreading this information to stop the scammers um, and for the just trying to help, just trying to help people. I just, I like that message. Glitter Bomb 5.0 has 50 times the amount of fart spray. That's right. He adds in a whopping one liter bottle of fart spray and it literally pumps out. So now... It's a fart fountain and the glitter is spread around the room by glitter flying drones that unleash themselves once the package is opened. And they also detect when some like these drones are flying around, the person knows that these are flying around, say they want to stop it, hit it with a broom, whatever. The drones can detect that something is coming near it and they can dodge it and fly away. (laughs) So imagine that flying around your house, sprinkling glitter everywhere. (laughs) Oh, he's so funny. Since they wanted to also plant these in parked cars as well, they wanted to target these smashing window car thieves again. They did a different design for those boxes, which they could remotely trigger the fart spray and it didn't have drones. So the package gets, you know, stolen from a car. It gets put into the back of these car robbers car and they don't know what's going on, but all of a sudden their car starts to smell like a liter of poop. (laughs) because remotely they've hit the activate fart spray and um a liter is a lot imagine dumping a liter of anything in your car now imagine it's one of the stinkiest substances known in the prank world (laughs) if you want the if you want to see the results uh that he gets from glitter bomb 5.0 i'm not going to spoil it please go to mark rober's youtube channel and just type in glitter bomb 5.0 And you can watch the reactions of those who got got by Mark's fart glitter bomb. That concludes the final episode of season one. I hope you enjoyed all the glitter and revenge and happy new year. Thank you for listening, sharing, and following. If you're new to this podcast, please do one or all of those things to help me grow. It's totally free to give me a five-star rating. And aside from sharing and listening, that is the best way to support me and to help me keep growing. Head on over to Hell No, a true crime podcast Instagram to follow me there and see pictures pertaining to cases I cover in my episodes. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. To porch pirates and scam callers, I say hell no. I will say the porch pirates took the glitter bomb with a much more 
kinder approach. They thought it was funny. They got a good laugh about it. Um, and I feel like the scam callers, they really um, didn't get a laugh out of any of the pranks they got. It wasn't funny to them at all, I guess. So porch pirates have a better sense of humor than phone scam callers is what I've learned. Um, check out the links in my show notes to learn more about how to spot a scam so you can protect the ones you love by informing them, look, if Amazon calls, if the police call, if the IRS calls, if Geek Squad calls, this can also be in emails. This can also be in emails, remember. So if you get an email, I get them all the time saying it's FedEx, UPS, Amazon, Apple, asking me to click on a link or something. Do not click a link. Do not do anything. If you have an account with Amazon or something, just check your Amazon account. Um, message them through your account. Don't do anything with a link. And it can also, they can also get into your computer through advertisements on websites. So say you go to look up a recipe for a hash brown casserole and on the side you'll see something for like a really amazing taco salad or or a really fresh recipe for a watermelon feta salad I don't know don't click on it don't click on any pop-up ads if anything ever pops up on your computer saying you have malicious malware and the only way to get rid of it without your computer you know pretty much blowing up is to call this number don't call the number so these are all ways that they get to you just it's yeah I'm terrified to click on anything now <laughs> after researching this I don't want to click on nothing but there are precautions you can take and they will tell you about those in their YouTube videos so they have things that can um, detect if anyone's stealing your identity, if your identity is on the dark web. They also offer advice for um, protecting your IP address and getting like a VPN and, and all of this stuff. But like I said before, Happy New Year and I look forward to speaking to you in the new year for season two. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Bye!